Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Nextflix. I have missed saying that. Part two. I know, I thought about that the other day. I was like, Brayden's going to have a lot of fun saying that. I did. I've been practicing Netflix. it all week. <laughs> uh, this is part two of our Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone conversation. If you haven't listened to the first parts, it should be in your podcast player now. Go listen to that first. We got up through the sorting. Yeah, so we... We, we got 35 minutes into the movie. We have like an hour and a half to go. Let's speed this up a little bit. <laughs> okay, so we talked about the sorting hat. We... We gushed over all the casting. By the way, what ha- what house are you in? Um, Ravenclaw. Right, I'm a Hufflepuff. Ravenclaw. Yeah, I know you're total Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Me, Cedric Diggory, and Tonks were the Hufflepuffs I think here. Elle's a Hufflepuff. My wife is a Hufflepuff. I wouldn't What's surprise your wife? me. Jessica's a Gryffindor. Yeah, I could see Elle as either Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. She could also be a Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's true. Elle kind of falls into a lot there. Yeah. I don't know. My my hmm. kids, uh, Tess is already very much a Gryffindor. Yep. Oakley, he seems like a Ravenclaw, but I also get kind of Slytherin vibes from him. I was going to say, I get a little little Slytherin there. I don't know. I think Colin might be a, uh, see him a Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuffs are the cutest ones, in my opinion. <laughs> and Colin is just adorable. Yeah, I mean... The... I do get Slytherin vibes from your kids, especially when he growls. Yeah, He's a like, little bit of Slytherin vibes. <laughs> There's just a little bit there that's like, all right. Just a pinch. I'm going to keep an eye on you, kid. So we talked about how, you know what's incredible? As we talk about this too, the world building is great. Yeah. Everything feels, it's, this is weird to say, it all feels so real. It does. Well, once you're in the castle. Yes. And I love what we talked about, recap, before you're in the castle, it is all hazy, Mm -hmm. almost out of focus. Yeah. And, and then it gets really sharp and clear. So we, we now have been sorted into the dorms. The houses. And, um, the houses, and now they're going up to their houses. One thing that really helps to sell the realness of this universe is the commitment to, like, everything is magical. Everyone's wearing the robes. Everything yep. looks old-timey. They're yeah. actually using quills and stuff. Yep. Which is a problem in the later movies of, like, when everyone's just wearing, like, normal clothes around Hogwarts. It yeah. It is very weird. It's like, what happened? It makes it less believable. What? I wonder why that was. So... It was in the third film, they got a new director, Alfonso Curion, I think is how you pronounce his name, who wanted the actors to feel, he wanted them to feel more comfortable in the roles and to be Hmm. more real. So he had some of them wear like normal clothes, but then even in their robes, he wanted, which I like this decision, in their robes, he wanted them to kind of wear them like their characters would. It's like Hermione's is always very, very properly, the tie is properly tied, very pristine. Ron's is more disheveled and seems kind of dirty. Yeah, that makes sense. Like he meant to wash it and forgot and wearing dirty robes. Yep. Um, But I I don't love just wearing normal clothes around Hogwarts. No. It it doesn't sell the world. It takes away the realism. It does. When there are times in this movie where they are wearing normal clothes. Yeah. But there are times that make sense. Like when he's going to do his first Quidditch practice. Yep. You wouldn't wear robes for that. No. I mean, they do have robes for the games, but the practice, yeah, you can wear normal clothes for yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we can go off on a really big tangent there on that, so let's let's keep moving. Because we, the stairwells. Oh, and, the magical stairwells yeah. that keep moving. Um, first off, Hogwarts, <laughs> and we also meet the keeper of, of Hogwarts there, too. Um, we need to talk about him, too. The keeper? Yeah, the um, guy at the cat. The headmaster. Nope. Nope. Who are you talking keeper. about? Keeper. The guy with the cat, he's like really spooky. Oh, the groundskeeper. Ground, sorry, groundskeeper. Yes. That's not his title. Hagrid is the groundskeeper. What's his name? They call him Keeper. Yeah, he's something Keeper. Keep, uh, but Hagrid's is, because Hag- Hagrid is the keeper of the keys in the grounds. Yeah. 
Well, games. He's a gamekeeper. Gameskeeper. Game okay. Maybe Filch is the groundskeeper. Anyways, yeah, he's an important character that he actually doesn't get as much development in the movies as he does in the book. Yeah, in the in the movies, he's more of just a comedic relief. Yep, which I think works. But if you know in the books, though, he's a lot darker. Yeah, because in, in the books, it, he's a squib, someone who's from a magical family but isn't magical himself, which is a great dishonor. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's treated like a big dishonor. It's treated a lot like the. Um, we'll talk in the sec- in the second movie about pure bloods and yep. uh, that yep. allusionment to racism. But, yep. um, but yeah, and so he has this real angry feel to him, which I can get. Like if you're yep. from a magical world and you work at the school, but you're not magical, I can understand feeling very grumpy. Oh yeah, and um, in that too, which again, he's actually. In the movies, he's kind of a, he is comedic relief. I'm glad he's in there though. But yeah. I, I only said that to say with the stairwells that we're gonna talk about next. <laughs> Hogwarts is an interesting school. It is. Everything about it is like dangerous. Dangerous and also just a little off. Yeah. The stairwells move, which is just a little weird. The or, pictures move and yep. talk to you. And or don't go to the third floor. Yeah, that one that's that is one of those things like it immediately sets up the the third floor corridor is out of bounds. You're like, Oh, that's important. Yeah, I gotta remember that. Yep. Even Harry's look is like check. Why? <laughs> yeah. I've never been told. I just can't go to an entire area of the school. Yeah. Even how Dumbledore says it, all out of bounds. If you do not wish to die a painful death, slow, painful death. Yeah. Which I mean, it's nice that it gives them the option. If yeah. you do, you'll die. Four corridors right there for you. You'll die. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, and we get to see a lot of his classes, which I think we can fast forward a little bit. We'll yep. talk more about the classes later movies. Except we have to introduce Severus Snape. We do. And first off, I, I just want to say, there's no if or buts for me. He is my favorite development character in this entire series. He is. I I only have one complaint about him. Okay. He's not enough of a bully in the movies. Hmm. In the books, he is... He's, you know, in the books, he's a bad guy. Yep. Like, uh, he, he's doing heroic stuff, but he's a bad person in general. But he's also a massive bully. And the movies make him seem too heroic, I think. Mm. Too much just like, oh, I'm just a strict teacher, not like, I'm a bad teacher. Well, I would say he doesn't feel heroic in the first one, though, until yeah. the end. Yeah. Like, if you come in cold turkey, mm-hmm. maybe in the book if you come in cold turkey, too, like, you don't know. And but Which I like in the whole thing. You don't know what he's going to be. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, he does, from the very beginning of this movie, he does feel like, oh, this is the bad guy in the movie. Yep. Which then makes the the reveal at the end hit Rant. very well. Oh, yeah. In fact, the... So, obviously... <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Duh. Um, so, the fact that at the end, that dark arts teacher... Yeah, with Quirrell. stutter is actually the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually really masterful. It's done very well. It's very shocking. Because he um, does feel like the victim the whole time. Because you, you think it's either going to be Snape or you think it's going to be the groundskeeper. Filch. Yeah. Oh, Filch. I never got Filch. Did you think it was Filch? I was suspicious of Filch. Filch to me, like even in even in the movies, always felt like such a minor role. Minor role, such okay. a non character. I feel like if I watched the movies now, I would probably think that. Yep. But I think back then it was a little less. They movies just didn't did that as much. That's you know? interesting. Okay. Yep. Nah, yeah. That's a good point. So, anyways, it makes the reveal anymore. But what else? What else do you want to say about Snape? Um, 
he I, I love the way that Alan Rickman, as soon as he walks in the room for that first potions class, like he's he owns the room at that point. He does. Not in like a charming way. No, definitely not. He hates it. In <laughs> <laughs> He hates it. It's Okay, I'll say this. It's like Anytime Loki enters a room in the MCU, it's like he's owning the room at yeah, that point. 100%. But they're doing it in exactly opposite ways. Hmm. Loki's is like he's got the charm to take over this room. Snape is like, this room can't overpower me. Hmm. Nothing in here is worse than me. Interesting. Except Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only time Snape ever seems to be lesser is when yep. he's around Dumbledore. Yep. Or McGonagall. Yep. They're pretty um, powerful. We'll talk about their fight. The last movie. Yep. It's my favorite scene. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we get to see his first Quidditch class. We get okay. to see his... So- oh, man. You want to talk about Quidditch? I, we can't not talk about Quidditch. <laughs> I want to play Quidditch so bad. It's, don't we all, though? <laughs> so Quidditch um, just is such a cool sport. This is the first time we get like actual CGI yep. that really doesn't hold up. Yeah. I'm so glad they yeah. used so little CGI in this, and it's really yeah. just for the few times are on the brooms. Yep, because it's the only stuff that really doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it you, the age of the movie shows here. Yeah, it does. Although not as bad as I would think. No, no, like kind of like Jurassic Park, where you see like some of the stuff. Yeah, or something. It's like it's still like wow, you know, it's not terrible, it's not great, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm just glad how they did that. So Quidditch is a really. Uh, simple-ish game, but kind of complicated if you're thrown into it like we were in the movie. Uh, okay, this is something they don't talk about in the movies. This is in the books. Do you know how many fouls there are in Quidditch? How many different no. rules you can break and get a foul? How many? Over 700. Wow. It's the most complicated that? sport. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, there's like four balls. Yeah. And balls i say like very like it's so it's complicated it is but there's only one that like master matters right quidditch is one of those sports that like it's like kind of football it's like the high school version of football is not super interesting it's only when you get to pros where it gets kind of interesting (laughs) yes i feel like school quidditch is not super interesting but the pro quidditch is where you get like because school quidditch almost always ends you catch the snitch and you win but in the pros it's not always the case in fact, we only ever see one pro game in the in the book series, and that's that that's not the case. They they catch the snitch and lose. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Quidditch is this fabulous wizards game. Yeah, and um, McGonagall gets Harry. Well, I, yeah. So yeah. they're in their yeah. practice. Neville has an accident, which yeah. will happen a lot. Yes, it does. Oh, talk about character way, development. Yeah. Neville is almost as good as Snape. Neville is. And my only gripe between the movies and the books, yeah. I know we maybe shouldn't focus on these things too much because we're no, talking about a, the movies. Well, the whole point of it's the discussion other. is how you turn That's a book true. into a movie. That's great. Okay, I want to talk about Neville then. Yeah, let's do it. Because. Shout out to Matthew Lewis, who does such a good job oh, as Neville. Well, they so they leave out some key scenes for Neville. They do. In the yeah. movie, they're in the book. But the thing is, at the very end, where he gets 10 extra points for his bravery, yeah. you kind of. You miss some of those scenes in the movie. A little. Not yeah. all. You see him stand up, but you don't see the part where, the, where they tell him you need to stand up. So, like... I think the problem with Neville, and this is, goes again to whether they're making the movies while the book's coming out, I guess no one really knew how important Neville would be. Because it's really yeah. not until the fifth book on yeah. that he's such a vital character. Yeah. And at this point, you kind of, you know, when they're making the movies, they didn't know. Like, he was still kind of the point. joke side character. Which is maybe why he didn't end up in the forest in the movies with them. 
Right. Yeah, that's a big reason. It's like, if they knew how important Neville would be later, I think more attention would have been paid to it. Interesting. Um, but... He's a good character, though. He was very yep. good. And I do love he stands up to him at the end. Yep. I'll fight you. Hold up his fist. Yeah. You're a wizard, Duke. Where yep. is your wand? Yep. Uh, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Oh, Matthew Lewis does such a good job. So Neville has an accident at the Quidditch. He has to be taken off to the hospital. And Draco, being very punchable again, yep. steals Neville's remember-all. Uh, and is, like, taunting, uh, taunting him. I'm going to fly put on the roof. Because, of course, he knows how to fly. He grew yep. up in a wizarding... Right. Draco is everything Harry could have been if he knew about the Wizarding World. That's a good comparison. Yeah. They come from very similar backgrounds. Hmm. Their families are both purebloods, both very rich, both have very powerful fathers. But arguably, one <clears throat> difference is maybe in the um, honesty of the Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're like, Harry's family is genuinely good and Draco's yeah. family isn't. Yep. Yep. But that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Kind of mirror. They are. They're very mirror opposite characters, which becomes very important then yep. in the sixth movie yep. when Draco, uh, Draco's trying to kill Dumbledore, and it's like yep. you kind of see in that movie a very similar path Draco is taking, trying to follow Voldemort versus Harry's path trying to follow Dumbledore. Yeah, they play very nice miniature versions of Dumbledore and Voldemort. They do. Uh, it's it's hmm. it's probably the biggest hmm. biggest disappointment of the series is that Draco doesn't get a big redemption. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, never gets it, which is a well, bummer. And when when you see his character and you learn more about it later, you, yeah, it's it is an interesting introspection into like na- like the nurture mm-hmm. that he's gotten as a as he's grown up, um, just what he learned from his parents and and yeah. kind of been put on him. And to some degree, too, Slytherin, when you're putting Slytherin, you're already kind of set up for failure. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, that's sort of the, the thing about Slytherin. <laughs> uh, they just have a history of having all the bad guys. Yeah, and it's like kind of the thing that like some people talk about, but no one really talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a great house. <laughs> they need to clean it up. It's... They need to clean up no, They don't have all bad guys. Merlin was a Slytherin. Was he? Yeah, in the, in the canon, he's he was a Slytherin. There you go. Um, and also, uh, Sirius Black's brother was a Slytherin if he came here. Oh, okay. Who's okay. that? And the, the other houses have bad people. Quirrell was Ravenclaw. All right, so it doesn't. It happens everywhere. It's just more likely. <laughs> yeah, more likely. So they're in Quidditch, though. Yeah. They're playing Quidditch, and then... Um, Harry has never flown before. No, and he's great. Very good at it. Yeah. And McGonagall sees, she comes out, and you think, oh, Harry's going to get in trouble. Yep. And no, McGonagall, this is... <laughs> and a great twist, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. We, so... Maggie Smith plays her McGonagall very well, and you get like, oh, she's the rule follower. She's this strict teacher. And this is the moment where it's like, oh, she's going to break the rules to get Harry on the team. Yep. Yep. And she does. She does. She gets him on the team. She buys him a broom. And and not only does she break the rules, yeah, she buys the best broom. Yeah. Which feels like maybe you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, it did feel a little weird. Yeah. It was like, wow, that's probably really expensive. It's like the top, the, the Nimbus 2000. It's oh, probably yeah. at the top of the line. Such good looking. How do Which, they make the co- the brooms look like sports cars? You saw in the Nimbus, man. Yeah. Well, what's so what's funny is like when he got, when Harry got the mail, you know it's a broom. <laughs> but they're all like. And Harry's like, what could this be? <laughs> they're all like, what is this? It's a book. Yeah. I That was actually one of the most comical things for me in the movie was like, when they're like, what is this? I also love, because of course, in, when they're filming it, they had to be able to tear off the paper very quickly. Yep. If you look right before they go to tear it off, it's clearly just draped over it. It's not like actual tied on or anything. 
Oh, fun little things. Oh, one of those things, like, sometimes when you do things practical, you can tell. Yep. Just a little bit. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, we get the scene where he learns about Quidditch. Why do you think Harry's such a natural flyer? It's in his, it's in his blood. They do okay. talk about this in the seventh book, where, like, as a, because he was two years old when his parents died. I thought it was a year. Was it two? No, he was two. Okay. I might be wrong. It might be only one year. I thought it was a year. Maybe not. Anyway, You're the he's at least a little old, and yeah. his dad was already teaching him how to fly. Okay. So you, you kind of learn later, it's like, oh, you've already been flying. Gotcha. Yeah. You just stopped for... Yeah, and his dad years. was on the Quidditch team, too. Yep, his dad was a seeker. Well, in the book, it's Chaser. It's one of those little changes they make just to for make the English Harry... English and the... No, it's just oh. to make, in the film, make Harry seem more like his dad. Put him on the same position on the team. Oh. So in, in the book, Harry's a chaser. No, in the book, he he's still a seeker. His dad was a chaser. Gotcha. But in the movie, they changed it to so yeah, the same. The movie, they're both okay. seekers because they're like a papa. <laughs> exactly. It's supposed to be just like him. Everyone Which likes is, a papa. Everyone likes. Everyone likes a papa. I, that's a weird thing to say, but okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. I don't even know what to move on from from there. <laughs> okay, so Quidditch so, is kind of introduced, which it's this is so packed. There's such There's a, a lot it, for it to be such a short movie too, relatively. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yes, we get to see a Quidditch game, which is just fantastic. And this is the first time that you see some of Snape's really great development. Yeah, so in the Quidditch game, things are going wrong for Harry. He's about to fall off his broom, and we see we look over at Snape and he's muttering something, and you think two hours and thirty two minutes of this movie. Hmm. I thought it was a little shorter than that. Some I mean, reason it, I thought it this was a long it is. movie. Um, so we look over and we see that Snape is muttering something. Yep. And Hermione thinks he's muttering a curse. Yep. And so she goes over to deal with him. Yep. We found out later he's actually muttering a counter curse. Yep. And is the only reason Harry is still, like, on his broom at all. And this is the first time you know, like, there's more to <clears throat> Snape than meets the eye. Yeah. You kind of learn, like, Snape is not just, is not pure evil at this point. Yep. Yep. Uh, which comes to play off a lot later in a very good way. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, um, yeah, where do we want to go from from here on that? Well, the, the big important thing, um, we start to see Harry and Ron are best friends already. Yep. And the development of their relationship with Hermione. Because at first, she's yeah. like the overexcited, nerdy character, yeah. and they kind of pick on her. Yeah. And then we fast forward to Halloween, when uh, Ron's been really mean to her, she's crying in the bathroom, yeah. and there's a troll loose in the castle, yep. Yep. which... Again, weird thing to just happen at a school. We don't always think about the fact yeah. that all this stuff's just happening at a school. Yeah, we have a troll. Imagine if you were in high school and troll just a dungeon. troll was loose. Well, can we talk real quick about the comment <clears throat> that the keeper makes, the groundkeeper makes about detention being in the dungeon where they used to hang kids oh, up yeah. by their toes? Oh, yeah. We used to hang kids up by, the sco- by their toes. And, and like, he says he misses the screen. I'll miss the, old, I'll miss the screaming. And I was like, so weird. I was like, much different movie than you would make today. Maybe are we allowed to have this guy near children? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, he with... probably shouldn't be within a thousand feet of the school. Yeah, but then on the same, I'm like, how old is this dude? Like, that's another weird thing. There's a theory that he's actually not a human, that he might be a ghost, a poltergeist oh, specifically. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been a few years since they've done that to kids, probably. <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, if ever, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Maybe that's why Voldemort turned evil. Too many thumbscrews. Dude. Thumb screws. Dude. <laughs> I mean. 
Man, I wonder how long has Filch been? Was Filch at the school when Voldemort was in school 50 years That's ago? That's a good question. Oh, that would be weird if he was. So there's a troll gets in. Yeah, troll gets loose. Harry and Ron. This is where we go to immediately see something that sets Harry apart from most characters. Is like, he just wants to help people. Yeah. Because his first thought is not we have to protect ourselves. It's we have to go save Hermione. Yeah. Not like save her from the troll. They're just like, we need to go let her know something's going on. We can all get safe. Yeah. His 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 main focus is just making sure people are safe. Yeah, that that is what sets him apart as a hero. Very good kid. But of course, the troll has found Hermione. Yep. And now we get another scene of I'm kind done. of iffy CGI. Yeah. So the tr- the troll here. The is... troll is not that bad. It's when Harry is on the troll. It's terrible. He looks very rubbery. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI just isn't that great, especially after you see <clears throat> trolls in like The Hobbit or something like that. It's like yeah, it's just not that good. But again, it's two thousand and one. I mean, yeah. it, and it's I, not it's not as bad as it could be. I love though the whole entire that scene where the troll comes in <coughs> and the and Dumbledore's like the teachers will take care of this. Go to your dorms. Yeah, and like hey, it's just like, like lol. Nope, we're doing it. Yeah, and but I love how Dumbledore's like. The teachers have defended this place before. Like, just yeah, go to your we've dorms, done this. kids. This is another moment. This is a great moment. This is the first time we hear Dumbledore, like, yell. When everyone's freaking yeah. out and he yells, Silence! Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Very powerful. I like, I especially like that there there is a spell to make your voice louder, but he's not using that. He's just yep. that loud. He's just yelling. Dude. It kind of makes it, like, how quiet he is the rest of the film when he's talking mm. really makes that yell very powerful. Oh, yeah. I love it. So they defeat the troll. And this is a great payoff from earlier in the charms class where like Ron can't do the floating yep. spell. Hermione masters it. And then Ron is able to do it at the moment he needs it the most. Right at the right time. This is another character trait of Ron of like when it matters, mm-hmm. he's going to get the job done. Yeah. This is something that sticks with him throughout the series. And I, I love it so much. You know what this, what this movie makes me think of in relation? What's up? Sky High. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out, man. Hear me Ron out. Ron is the glowing kid. <laughs> Hear me out. In this moment, yeah. the teachers have stepped up to try to defend the school from the evil oh thing. <laughs> but the kids end up defeating the evil <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, I can't tell if you're insulting Harry Potter or giving Sky High way too much credit or both. It's both. I'm sorry. Sky <laughs> High just came to my mind. Oh, man. I was like, wait a minute, teachers defending the school while it's under attack. What else is this like? I also wonder, where were the teachers? They were nowhere near the troll. How yeah. did Harry and Ron find it so fast? Yeah, yeah for the teachers being like, we'll take care of this. Where did they- <laughs> we'll take care of this. We're going to get coffee. We'll be right back. Yeah, we're going to go to the lounge and hang out for a bit and then come oh, back. They, so they defeat the troll in a really fun way, too. They just make the troll's, troll's club yep. float and then drop on his head. Yep. That's a fun way to do that. Um, where did Snape go? So, they, we, we have the where we think he goes in the movie. Right. But then... We, yeah, because you see him, he's got the cut on his leg when you yep. see him. He shows up in the bathroom. And later, the Harry says, oh, he got that from Fluffy. He was going to the corridor. But then Quirrell does say Snape went to head, up, head, head him off, head Quirrell off at the corridor. Because we later find out Quirrell gotcha. set the troll loose as a distraction uh, so that he could get into where the Sorcerer's Stone was being held. Gotcha. And Snape went off to stop him. Got it. So yeah. Snape knew. Yep. This is one of the uh, interesting little throwaway lines that we get in a later in the last movie. I don't even know if it's in the movie. It's in the book. 
But yeah, Quirrell says in this that Snape has never trusted him and was keeping an eye on him ever since. In the last book, when hmm. we get a look through some of Snape's memories, um, when Snape is, uh, uh, Snape is talking to Dumbledore about when Harry first gets to school, Dumbledore has a little throwaway line of, oh, and keep an eye on Quirrell for me. I don't trust him. Hmm. So we find out later, like, oh, Snape was doing this all under Dumbledore's orders. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think Snape knew? About Quirrell? Or like, that Quirrell was Voldemort? Yeah. I don't think he knew. Because of the spell that he cast, though, <clears throat> on Harry's mom? Well, wait, what, what are you asking? Did well, he know that like, Quirrell was Voldemort? Or? Yeah, or did he have a suspicion? Or did, like, how did he know to go head off Quirrell at the... I think he knew Quirrell was trying to get the stone. I don't think okay. he knew that Quirrell was Voldemort. Okay. I okay. think he just thought Quirrell was trying to steal it, and Dumbledore asked him to stop it. Now, if now we know obviously that if Voldemort would have gotten it, that would have given him a body back. Yeah. Um, probably would have killed Quirrell. Is my my thought. Sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. It's just a means to an end. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, which at that point that would have killed the alchemist, Nicholas Flamel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, only if you stole and, and or destroy the Sorcerer's Stone. So the Alchemist is somebody I'm really actually excited for them to be developed a little bit. Yeah, he shows up in Crimes um, of Grindelwald. Yeah. Will probably be in Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm very excited to see his character develop. Because he's kind of, which is fine. There's already so much in this movie. He's yeah. kind of glazed over at the end. If if you didn't have that history of who he kind of was, you might have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's a real life, real life person, Nicholas yeah. Flamel. Yeah, but he's, um, he's not touched on a lot. No. Yeah, this is just one of the many things. You can hear my neighbor's dog in the background. One of the many things. Uh, it's like you can tell there's a lot about the world Harry still does not understand. And you kind of feel that. Yeah. Which is good. And that's actually, man, this is more masterful than I thought. When it I, is. Honestly, like as we talk it out more and more, I'm like, goodness, they were thinking through a lot of mm-hmm. this stuff as they were doing it. Christopher Columbus is a good filmmaker. He is. Good to Shout out to you, man. Really good discoverer of nations, too. <laughs> you made that joke in the last episode. I'm sorry. I tried to stop you before. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm done. Yeah, good thing he only makes the next film, so you go, you stop making that joke after that. So we at least have two more episodes of this. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so oh, we... Right. Um, so that was Halloween. It's Halloween. There are now Ron, Hermione, and Harry are best friends now. You fly through the year in this movie, by the way. You really do. It like... You yeah, blink, it's like Christmas. They get to school September 1st, yep. and then the they stop quarrel in May. Yeah, so it's... But it doesn't feel like that. The it, only markers you have are the decorations and the, uh, yeah. the grand hall. Yeah, there are certain elements and where it's like ghosts. <laughs> Christmas ghosts. I love the ghosts. Man, the ghosts are so cool in this. Yeah, and I love that they don't really like talk about them. Yeah, they're just there. Yeah, you just accept the ghosts are there. Yeah, you can definitely see the first year students like, what the crap is going on? <laughs> and all the other students are like, hey, the ghosts are here. Yeah. Uh, and I like I like nearly said headless Nick being played by John Cleese. He's yes, so funny in this. Perfect. It is a shame that there's a a moment in the fifth movie that we don't get to see from the book where Harry has like a deep conversation with nearly headless Nick about yep. death after yep. Sirius dies. And the fact that John Cleese doesn't get to do that is very disappointing. It is sad. Uh, so then we get to Christmas, um, and this is one thing I love about Molly Weasley. She's not in the movie much, mm-hmm. but we get to know a lot about her character. She makes Harry a sweater. Oh. She met him once, and is only just known from Ron's letters back home who Harry is and knows that he, like, he doesn't have a family. He's not going to get Christmas presents. They make him a sweater. They send him a bunch of treats. She makes him like like cookies and stuff. Oh, so goodness. cute. The, we also are missing another great hilarious line from the Weasley twins at this yeah. moment, where 
Ron and Harry's sweaters don't have any uh, don't have their initials on it, but Fred and George's do. And there's a great line where Fred tells the Ron, uh, "Your sweater doesn't have an initial on it. I guess Mom thinks you know your name. We're not stupid though. We know our names are Gred and Forge." <laughs> They're wearing each other's sweater. Oh. But yeah, it is so sweet. And that's the sweater he's wearing later. He wears that sweater throughout oh, the rest of the movie. What a nice... Yeah. What a <clears throat> subtle thing. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, the relationship, the Weasley parents, how much they love and care for Harry. Yeah. Harry has so many like father figures, but Molly is like the best mother figure oh, in his life. Oh, 100%. Harry is very fortunate. This is something else they leave out of the movies. Is and we'll talk about this in the last. Well, I'll just go mention it here. But for Harry's seventeenth birthday, in the the last book, it's tradition that you like parents will buy their kids a watch on their seventeenth birthday in the Wizarding World. It's a tradition. And Ron, who's a little bit older than Harry, he gets a brand new watch, which he's never had anything new in his life. He's only mm. ever had hand me downs and cheap like mm. used stuff. So to get a brand new watch is important to him. Deal. Harry doesn't really have any family heirlooms. The Weasleys give him uh, Molly's brother's watch. And it's like, this is his first real family heirloom. Golly. Oh, it's so cool. I cry. I know. They leave it out of the movies, and it sucks. Needs to be in there, dude. Uh, poor Molly Weasley gets undercut in some of these films from her There's... roles in the books, but she's so great. It's so hard to put all this into... It is. Uh, and I'm just, I hold it personal, because Molly reminds me so much of my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe why this whole series is so great, is because it's so relatable. It is. In and different ways. I feel like a lot of these characters, you have a version of this in your life. Yeah. And that's probably why it's so successful. Mm-hmm. It's because you saw yourself in the underdog, you saw yourself in the hacker, you saw yourself in the other, you know. But you saw, I definitely like, saw myself in the hacker. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> saw, and that's like, and kids felt accept. you know, it's like the the general story of acceptance and, yeah. and a world of non-acceptance was a big deal for them in this movie. So... It's the it's the important message of like, Hogwarts will always be a home for you. Yeah. Not only in the book for the characters, but in real life. Yeah. Hogwarts and the Harry Potter franchise has always really been yeah. a home for people. And like you said, it even ties in in the next year in the next movie talks into kind of <clears throat> racism issues and some other yeah. issues like that. So, um, but that's an, that's another conversation. But yeah, um, well, that's gonna be fun to talk about yeah. next week. <laughs> yep. So Christmas, Harry gets his father's invisibility cloak. Yeah, which, which is, becomes very important later on. But it's can, just cool. So in that. I want to talk about that super quick. Yeah. I don't want to spend too long on it because I know we have we have somewhere to be soon. <laughs> yeah. But but um, what is the book that he opens in the forbidden section? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I, it, I don't think it ever is really said. It's just like well, it has like a, a face book. in it. Yeah, it's some it's some book about dark magic that I think is haunted. Interesting. That's it. Okay, like, they never really go into much details about it, as far as I know. It's I'm just probably curious. named in the book. I don't. Yeah, Man, uh, it's I not that right important. Here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, can you just go to page two? <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Holy crap! The Sorting Hat is like halfway through the book. This is um, this is definitely a very introductory movie. Yes, they Which do is, a lot of introducing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to. You're setting you up a big franchise. You do. You get halfway through it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're now just starting the story." Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't I, feel to drag at all. I watched Dune recently. Is it good? Phenomenal. Hmm, you gotta it watch out. it. But it is very much like this, though. So. <clears throat> like. You're just getting to like the end of the movie, and you're right. like, okay, now we're ready. <laughs> and then it's like, credits. Right. And you're like, dang it. So Harry gets the invisibility cloak. He goes walking around at night, invisible. <clears throat> Which, By the way, talk about the CG. The invisibility cloak is done very well. It's the best effect in this movie. It really is. Seeing his head float around? Yeah. It looks so real. It's, 
it is the best effect in this movie. Yeah. That's just the way I say it. Um, he finds the mirror of Erised. Yep. Where he sees his, his Padre and Madre. Wait, uh, <laughs> I have a little joke where like, uh, I told my brother... I think most of the weirdest things about like the Harry the Hogwarts is like the Mirror of Eversed, the Vanishing Cabinet later. They're just like old school projects from students <laughs> long ago. Like I could see the Mirror of Eversed being some sort of weird charms project someone made years ago and it never worked right. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah. So he, he sees the mirror. He sees his mom and dad in it. Yeah, and this is where we get one of the first really great uh, Albus Dumbledore lines. Yes, because Harry keeps going back to it every night to see his parents, yep. um, and then Dumbledore. See, like finds him here yep. and he has a great like a back again Harry and he explains well th- he doesn't explain it he helps Harry figure it out very teaching yeah right. very teaching and which kind of leads in nicely later of like he doesn't ever just spell out what's going on for Harry yep and the, like the one or two times he does be it you feel very like this is very important because yeah. he's telling you specifically yeah. he's not letting you figure it out yeah but this is like he he gives Harry the hint of like uh, the happiest man in the world would look into this and see nothing. Mm. Oh, it shows me my desires, which of course Eris said yeah. spelled backwards. Yep, yep. Oh man, uh, and they have such a cute moment there. It was a I great scene. Love Richard Harris in this scene. And then his his scene, it, <clears throat> love kind of what he was saying is like, don't. What was this like about dream? It was like um, uh, don't spend. Yeah, don't spend too much. T- a lot of I think he said something like a lot of wizards get lost in dreams or something like that. And they forget to live their life. Yes, that's the greatest lie. And I was like, which then comes important later when they find the mirror again with the sorcerer's stone. Yep. Um. So the mirror gets moved. We get to see a game of Quidditch, which is just cool. Yep. Like, Quidditch there's is really a great nothing sport. else about that scene. It's just awesome. Just Quidditch. It is. It, it, it the fact that Quidditch doesn't come back in the later movies is a bummer. It is. It. It's such a great <clears throat> sport. It is. It's so... That is... The Quidditch match looks very good. Yes. Some of the, like, close-ups of people flying look rubbery, but, but overall... ones look good. It looks good. Yeah, wide ones look great. Um, and, yeah, wow, I just... I'm thinking, like, not a lot happens until then. Uh, they're... Kind of get a breath. What? Kind of get a breath there. You do get a little bit of a break, and, like, just some fun. You get to see some scenes of him in school, the Quidditch. Have you heard of the P-Up? The P-Up? What's that? This is a real thing, by the way. My father-in-law introduced it to me. Okay. I haven't used it, but he uses all the time movies. So it's, it's an oh, app on the your phone. app. Yeah, I thought you so said like, like P-op, like it was some film theory thing. But no, it's like it's it tells you when you go to bathroom. Yeah, I have I, heard of that. I feel like this is where that would probably land in the right. movie. I'm gonna make a similar app. Uh, I'm gonna call it the P-app, but spell it differently. Where it just says, uh, just sit through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do it. Don't just be get, a child just and just get sit through over the whole it. movie. <laughs> Anyways, I maybe you shouldn't have gotten the extra large soda, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you get a little break here, and they, you can—he's t- like slowly figuring things out. Harry is shockingly smart. He is. He's very intuitive. Yeah, very and intuitive. I also like when they when he finally realizes, like, oh, this Snape is trying to get the stone. We have to stop. Him. He does yep. go to get Dumbledore. Yep. But Dumbledore's not there, so yep. Harry has to take matters into his own hand. Yeah, he's very brave for an eleven-year-old. He is. Um, I just realized we we just sped right through the scene of the Forbidden Forest with Voldemort, um, and I think we can. That's fine. We know, yeah. I think that's fine. Except uh, we get to meet Ferenzi the Centaur, who yes. never comes back, and that is a shame. That I is love a shame. that character. I feel like there's way more in that forest that could have been done. Oh, there's a lot of bad stuff in that forest. It, oh, you mean that scene could have been? Yeah, maybe. It is a. It was very, and that's maybe my one gripe <clears throat> with that scene is it. It is 
like I said, so mystical with how they painted the rest of this movie. Yeah. Not necessarily the books, but the movie. That is probably the most out of place scene. Not out of place as yeah. far as story. It's important. The unicorn's important. But like, you don't get a mystical feel until you, then. You don't. Which you can argue like they're going for a different feel. But I also, yeah. I think that's the scene. In my mind, I think that's a scene that's probably been edited down some mm. to keep a PG rating. That's fair. Because, like, if you made it, it more PG? like... I think this one's just PG. I don't think they go PG-13 till the third one. Yeah, PG. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Wow. I, what was the first one that was PG-13? It was probably Prisoner of Azkaban. Wow. Uh, nope, that one's PG as well. Wow. Goblet of Fire, maybe? They kept the, that's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm actually really shocked that uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was even still PG, because that one gets real spoopy. spoopy? Yeah, Goblet of Fire is first one that's PG thirteen. It's real spoopy. <laughs> I don't know why I got spoopy instead of spooky, but I've been saying it a lot recently. Spoopy. So they're going into the third floor corridor to stop. Out of bounds, Snape. <laughs> Out of bounds, ejected from the game. Yep. <clears throat> So they deal with Fluffy, who... That's a CG that holds up. Fluffy. Fluffy's great. Yeah. I think it's because What's the room the is so dark. What's the actual name of that creature? Uh, Fluffy. No, yeah, <laughs> The okay. three-headed dog. That's what my wife said, too. The that's not dog. what it's... I know I it's a Greek know. mythology it's, thing. Oh, Cerberus. It's based Cerberus. on Cerberus from that's Greek it. mythology. Okay. That's what you're thinking of. Yep, yep. I thought he was like, what's the species name Sorry, of no. Harry Potter? No. Yeah, what species is a three-headed dog? Uh, tricranial canine. God, like that. thank you. I don't you. know. They're all dumb names, like... There's a monster in Harry Potter. It's just it's basically a five-legged spider. It's just got a quintipod, which is just stupid. five legs. What a what a sad name. J.K. Rowling's not the best at naming stuff. So Fluffy's asleep. We okay. So Hagrid. Oh yeah, we, yeah. They we go to Hagrid, Hagrid to be like, we think someone's gonna try to steal a Sorcerer's Stone, and Hagrid accidentally reveals like Fluffy's guarding it, and yep. you can't. You have to play some music to get past him. Hagrid accidentally reveals so much that you almost wonder if he's doing it on purpose. He's done this a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's I a... bet there are probably twenty people that know how to get past <laughs> that dog. <laughs> well, that's how Quirrell figures it out. Hagrid yeah. tells him. Yep, by accident. Yep. Um, yeah. So they 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 get past Fluffy. There's the 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 uh, um. What's it called? Devil Snare. Yep. The the weird plant that'll eat you unless you're calm. Unless you relax. Which is such a weird, easy thing to get through. <laughs> you just gotta be calm. It, it's and that's such a great scene for Hermione because she's yeah. It it really shows her as the the smart one. the smart one, um, passionate. She knows her stuff and and Ron being the last one to trust. Well then she has to she has to use a spell to yep. shrink back so that Ron can survive. That's really cool. And it's a nice little she saves his life there. Yep. yep. As like a reversal of earlier. It is it is they do change that from the book um because in the book it's like Harry who gets through it first instead of Hermione. Yeah. Which I think works because they took away the potions challenge. Yeah. I'm actually in the movie context, I'm glad they cut down that scene. I am too, because it, it was dragging a bit. It was, it's a lot. That would have been a lot in the yeah. movie, too. I think the potion contest, you could have done it okay, but that's also a harder scene to film, is it just is. watching someone figure out a riddle. Yeah, like here... Yeah, so you guys, you can't see us on this spot. Yeah, you just point at the wall. Have yeah. you tried to figure out that riddle? It uh, is hard to figure out. I believe it. I did it once. It took a long time to yeah, it's, take it through. 
I'm glad. I actually like how they shot the scenes yeah. in the dungeon <clears throat> kind of thing. Yeah, each of the three get a moment to shine. Hermione yep. shines with the plant. Harry shines with the keys. Yep. Ron plays the most epic game of chess ever. Let's talk about chess. Let's talk about wizard chess. Oh, yeah. Wizard chess where the pieces are alive and will physically attack each other. Great game of chess. Oh, yeah. That's another CG that holds up. The little game of chess. That, it looks great. I honestly wonder, like, for the How little much game. How there? Yeah. It had to be a lot. Especially when they're playing the big game. Like, yeah. are there actual people in suits for I, some of those shots? There has to be. Because it looks so. really real. It does. Especially that queen when she's, yeah. like, hitting. Oh. That's a great game of chess. Um, I When they say wizard chess, too, there's so much more behind that. Yeah. Um, that it's just just so many little things like that and that's another great little thing is like everything about this world is different yep and like even the game of chess is just a little off yep i also like that ron is teaching harry wizard chess i I like the this is something that they don't do enough in the movie where ron is the one who knows the wizarding world and keeps having to explain things to harry and hermione yep and this is a great moment that's a of that. good point yeah because even past this movie hermione knows uh, like they make hermione the one who knows everything mm. but you she she was muggle-born she doesn't know anything beyond yeah yeah but ron did in this case yeah. it's always impressive to me too when people can figure out a chessboard by the numbers and the letters oh yeah i yeah i can't visualize the chessboard be like oh a1 stuff like yeah that. i can't it's like it's always impressive when people can do that <laughs> I also like his big contribution is not necessarily magical. It's Yeah, it's logical. Yeah, it's logical, it's skill. Yeah. Which does kind of play in the fact that like he's not as good a wizard as the other two, but he's as yeah. good a hero. Yeah. I don't Relatable. I guess Ron never really gets a big magic moment in this series. All of his stuff is all action, not head. magically based. Very head, yeah. I yeah. agree with that. So um they get in they get past the chessboard and then they meet what they will eventually know is Voldemort. Yeah, then. Harry gets into Quirrell. Which, how did he get past the chessboard? Quirrell? Yeah. That is a great question. Um, you can kind of see in the background there are broken pieces. He did play the game and win. Got it. Um, but they they really brush over that. In the, I was curious. They explain this better in the book of like there's that's why Ron and Hermione or Harry and Hermione have to take empty spaces. Um, it's from Quirrell's game, which also he only loses two pieces, so that's impressive. That is impressive. Uh, <laughs> He's a good chess player. That's just actually impressive that he plays yeah. a game of chess and only loses that's two a, pieces. Very impressive. And he only loses a a bishop and a knight. No, a bishop and a castle. That's yeah. All. To not even lose any pawns. That's quite the game of chess. Yeah. Because uh, Ron lost almost everyone except for yep. Harry, Hermione, and his king. So it begs the question: How does that board reset? Magic. What a compound. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I know there are some things that it's just like, oh yeah, it is just a compound. Like, oh, magic. Magic. It's just magic. That's all right, though. But it is magic. Okay, so this scene, though, where... So well done. It's where they meet him, and it is the turban to... It's it's a great scene. It's so well done. You you hear the whispering voice and quarrel. Like, you get the power of Voldemort. Like, Voldemort doesn't have a body. Nope. He has no power to do anything. Just creepy back ahead. Quirrell is still afraid of him. Yep. It's so good. So, was Quirrell a follower? No. This, in the book, he, after Voldemort was defeated, Voldemort, who never truly died, more just got seriously injured, yep. hid away in Albania, Quirrell fi- found him and mm. basically offered his body to him. Gotcha. Um, Quirrell is not a follower so much as he's kind of a coward looking for the bigger bully to to join up with 
Gotcha. Which kind of nicely mirrors Peter Pettigrew later. Got it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the mirror of Erised is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quirrell's yep. trying to figure out how to get the stone out of the mirror. Yep. And he has Harry looking at it, and Harry... I love this shot. Because th- this, this shows what Harry thinks is important. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, we know that what Harry should see is his parents. Yeah. But what he actually sees here is him reach into his pocket and pull out the stone. Yep. When he puts it back in his pocket, of course, it appears in his pocket in real life. Yep. Which kind of shows that in this moment, what's most important to Harry, what he wants more than anything, is to stop Voldemort. Which is a huge bravery piece. Yes. Huge feat of bravery right there. Yep. He's 11 and has not done a single bit of math. This... We never see him do any magic in the first movie. Good point. Yeah. Wow. The first piece of magic he does is uh, attacking or the dueling club with uh, Draco in the second film. Wow. Yeah. Not in the book either. We don't see him do anything in the book. Wow. We except some, for in some of his classes. We see some bravery there. Though. Yeah. Very brave. And yeah, he, he like tells off Voldemort, calls him a yep. liar. Voldemort offers to bring his parents back, which... We know he couldn't actually do. Hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Voldemort's just a liar. Oh, well, yeah. Harry doesn't know that. Yeah. He, but it's yeah, suspected. Harry doesn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think how Harry was able to defeat him with putting his hands on him, is that because of the curse? It is because of his mother's protection. Right. Protection curse thing. Yeah. Um, that Snape so nicely wired up exactly no Snape's important he, snape is important no this is the when his mother sacrificed herself for harry it's like an old old charm that she enacts to protect harry the love oh. sacrifice and it's still protecting harry from voldemort now got it that's it, why when voldemort comes back later he uses harry's blood because that's the only way he could stop harry from basically burning him to death again with his hands got it yeah okay because then um but the reason that voldemort is defeated because Voldemort broke the the uh, by killing Lily. Yeah. He broke what the agreement with Snape, right? No, so that's just um, wasn't there like a curse? He did. He well, he never really made an agreement with Snape. Okay. He said he would try. Gotcha. But yeah, no, he he was defeated because of Lily's sacrifice protected uh, Harry. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then that caused the spell to backfire on him. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Beep, 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 okay. Um, so Harry defeats Quirrell. We get this really creepy moment of Voldemort's soul trying to attack Harry. Yep. And doesn't he, work. Doesn't work. And then he just wakes up in the hospital room. Um, and he just casually puts on his glasses. <laughs> yeah. This scene just, was, he just like, I was a little bit, in the moment I was like, you he's not a little more days. that much, do you? Yeah. He, he just kind of like. Wakes up, like, hey, hey, hey. glasses. All right, where, yeah. where am I? Yeah, <laughs> this is not my bed. Yeah, it was very like chill. Like he's, he doesn't even realize what he just did. No, no idea. He's got all the gifts at his feet, and then yeah. we get my favorite Dumbledore scene. Yep. Wait. Dang it, you took mine too. Right? <laughs> where he's like, where he's like, what was it? It's a secret that no one knows. Oh yeah. <laughs> so naturally, the entire school knows. Uh, that is what that happened, is my favorite quote. What happened in the corridor? Is a top secret. So naturally, the whole school knows. Yeah, that is my favorite Dumbledore. <laughs> I love that movie. Dumbledore is very realistic yep. about the school he yep. has. <laughs> and then this is Dumbledore again. He doesn't just tell Harry. He kind of helps Harry figure it out. Yep. Um, and he, and he, he does tell Harry though that only someone who would 
want the stone but not to use it mm-hmm. could have gotten it from the mirror. Mm. This is a theory that's been floating around for a long time. Did Dumbledore set the whole trap up specifically for Harry? Like, was he wanting Harry to stop Voldemort there? Was it all a test? Because we know that he knew something was up with Quirrell. Yep. And each of the different tasks you have to go through to get to the stone seemed tailor-made for Harry and his friends. I'd say it's plausible. Yeah. Especially given his reaction when the sorting hat came up. Mm-hmm. And how interested Dumbledore became. Yeah. So, like, I'd say it's plausible. Very plausible. I think um, so. It was all a test, and you passed. Good job. So the interesting thing that was kind of glazed over in that conversation is basically Dumbledore convinced convinced <clears throat> the alchemist to die. Yeah, he was also old. He was, but it was interesting. He's like, I've had a conversation with him, and he has enough elixir to get his affairs in order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious how it came to that the best solution was. Well, I'm not curious. The best solution was to end up destroying the stone. So that Voldemort couldn't get it. Yeah, that is interesting. Because, really, Voldemort would never have gotten it. Right. So, Dumbledore could have kept it safe. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. Could would, uh, Did Nicholas Amell really have to give it up? Right. I don't know. It's a good question. So, I don't know if there's an answer per se, but it's like it's just an interesting like thought. Yeah, it is. I don't know. So, we get to the end and we have the final feast. Yep. And we get this really great moment where uh, Slytherin's going to win the House Cup, but Dumbledore yep. keeps giving Harry and his friends points. And Just this is where we get to pay off for Neville. We is He gets 10 points for <laughs> I being love, brave. This might be my favorite Dumbledore line. You asked me last week, what's my favorite Dumbledore line? Yep. Uh, it takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies, even more to stand up to your friends. 10 that points is a good to line. Neville. That is a good line. It's so good. And it, it really does then... It's true. Yeah, and it becomes important throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. Neville's a good character, too. He is. He's such a good character. I uh, can't wait till we get to the fifth movie where we're going to talk a lot more about Neville. Oh, yeah. Because um, that's... Yeah, we'll talk about that in the fifth movie. But that that is the end of the movie. Um, I love the end where they're at the train station, too, and Harry officially affirms that Hogwarts is his home. Yeah. And the last little goodbye with Hagrid. It's just great. Hagrid has his little line of, like, uh, uh, Harry says, well, I can't do magic outside of school. And Hagrid said, yeah, I know that. Your aunt and uncle don't. <laughs> <laughs> Torture them, Harry. I was like, yeah. On one hand, it's like, oh, that's great. On the other hand, it's like, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So it's been a while since we've we've rated something. Yeah, oh, man. I forgot about our rating system. We have a... So to review for everyone, we have a rating system. Yep. Five-step rating system based on how much time, money, and effort we'd be willing to put in to see the film. The bottom is to skip it, don't watch it. Then there's uh, borrow it, rent it, buy it, and the top is go see it in theaters. Bam. Obviously, you can't see this one in theaters. I don't know. Okay. It's actually replayed quite a lot. It has. I, it's I, a possibility. Our theater here next to us, I'm pretty sure they played at least once a year. Yeah, it's especially during the pandemic. Usually. When nothing came out. Usually on Halloween, actually. I wonder if they're airing it tomorrow. Can you watch that's, my son so I can go? That's, yeah, can, I, yeah, can I watch yours so yeah, I have a date night? Yeah. Dude, I got you. Uh, so, um, how would you rate this, Luke? Patent pending rating system. Patent pending. I'm working on it. I would say go see it in theaters. Oh, definitely. Yeah, go see it in theaters. It's like a, if the opportunity is there, mm-hmm. go get go see it. 
this film hits all the best marks of it. it is a good story it is great acting it is a great world that gets built great cast great cast um, great good, music good music very good music great resolution to the story as well seriously yeah a, a lot of movies i feel like the third act is always the weakest but this one really sticks the landing yeah and it and in the beginning the pacing is really quick it is so like when you see the beginning i wasn't sure i was like i don't know how this is gonna go but honestly once they get to hogwarts it's just perfectly paced yeah this this film is about in my opinion about as perfect as you can be all around yeah it's well done yeah well done christopher good job chrissy well done <laughs> Well done. So that that did is... Jay, uh, who wrote it? Who wrote the film? I don't know. She did help with some of the screenplays, but not all of them. I don't think she he was helping with this one yet. Let's see if I can find the movie. And who wrote the script? It's only got a 7.6 out of 10. Interesting. Which feels low. So J.K. Rowling wrote the novel. Uh, Steve Cloves okay. wrote the screenplay. He's credited for writing the screenplay. Yeah. He's written hmm. a lot of things. Oh, he wote the Amazing Spider-Man. Like the two oh, 2012. Yeah, so. the one with um That was a great one. Yeah, pretty good one. Holy crap, wait a minute. And he wrote Flesh and Bone. That was eight years ago? Nine, dude. It's been nine years since the uh, we met Andrew Garfield. Wow. Since most Americans met him for the first time. <laughs> Andrew's a great actor too. He is. I, I do really hope they bring all the Spider Man back. I They know they keep I saying see. it's not gonna happen. I hope it's really happening. It's gonna happen. It's gotta. Well, they said the same thing about Spider-Man joining. Yeah. Avengers. And they said it pretty hard, too. Yeah. They're like, there's no way that'll ever happen. I guess we shall see. Yeah. Maybe that's for our Christmas special if we talk about that one. After the Star Wars. I'm just kidding. All right. Is there a Star Wars one coming out this Christmas? No, but the Star Wars Christmas one. Oh, yeah. The hidden one. The secret <laughs> oh, yeah. redacted one. I forgot about that. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us back again. We're back in the saddle. Yeah. Next well, week... Episode 2. Episode 2. Chamber of Secrets. It's going to be great. Uh, my third favorite movie in the franchise. What's your first? Well, this one. This oh. is my favorite film in the franchise. Really? Yeah. Just because of the world building? Y- yeah. And uh, and honestly, it might be like one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. I feel that way about the first Hunger Games movie. Yeah, the first Hunger Games is very good. This is so rewatchable. 100%. More than I think almost any other film in this franchise. This first one's very... At, yeah. It's one of the only ones that really stands alone. Which, I mean, it's the first in a franchise. So can. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Well, guys, <clears throat> come back next week. We're going to, yeah, Chamber of Secrets. We're going to go take our kids to the zoo. Bye. Bye.